Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, February 13, 2024. I hope you had a great weekend past, and I hope your week is off to a big start. If I didn't say it last week, happy Black History Month. I was at my daughter's school yesterday, by the way, and, you know, this liberal feel-goodery that you Maggans despise, they sang the Black National Anthem yesterday, uh, Lift Every Voice and Sing. It was pretty cool, pretty cool, so uh, it's happening. Change is happening out there, if that, if that rankles you. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Super Bowl. I know no one comes here for hot sports takes. Other than, have has there, as a friend of mine put it perfectly, has there ever been a more boring close game? And I think the answer is no. I was with family and friends and children, so I was watching, you know, with one eye, one and a half eyes, and found uh, I found the whole proceeding quite boring. But uh, was was I glad that the Chiefs won? No, I, I didn't. I didn't really care. I certainly don't have any California allegiance to a team from NoCal, <laughs> like the 49ers, who play about an hour away from San Francisco. But you can just call them say. There was a time where they wanted to be known as a San Francisco team, but now everybody shits on San Francisco. Maybe you don't want to be known as San Francisco. Uh, didn't really have much of an interest in the outcome. I did kind of like, you know what I was? I guess I was pulling for Taylor Swift and her boyfriend. Uh, who, because it just, why is everybody mad at her? Like she just, because, she, why not everybody, not the 280 million people that follow her. <laughs> I guess that's why. You're just hating on Taylor Swift? I don't know. It doesn't seem like she's doing a whole lot to solicit hatred. But then again, like I said, I watched that award show. Maybe I'd be like, you know, enough for Taylor Swift. I guess people who think Taylor Swift is a conspiracy and uh, I can't. I guess I wanted Taylor Swift to win because <laughs> it would make a lot of people mad. I suppose. But what would have happened if the 49ers would have won? Would that the conspiracy have all been for naught? Kind of like the one that happened last time when Trump didn't get elected? It's too much. The fucking insanity of this country is too much to keep up with. And you've, you've heard me try to speak to that. At least for my, for my brain of like, what are we doing out here? I guess that's what I wanted. I wanted, there was, what was I going to say about that Super Bowl? It was boring. I guess I wanted Taylor Swift to win. No love for NoCal. San Francisco. You know what? It's not worth going back to. If I can't even keep the thread straight, you know, one minute into the podcast, it's not worth going back to. I was at a party where there were like clearly people who were uh, pro Taylor Swift and clearly there are people who are not uh, Taylor Swift fans. And uh, one of the pro Taylor Swift fans was telling me about how um, her boyfriend represented a, 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 this like think piece, I guess she was conveying that her boyfriend, Kelsey, Jason, um, Travis Kelsey is represents a new type of man and masculinity. He's not toxic. He's supportive and loving and empathetic and all these, whatever the opposite of toxic masculinity is. 
And at, almost as the woman is telling me this, the guy is shoving his 66-year-old grandfather head coach uh, off his rocker and yelling at him. And that doesn't have anything to do with this toxic. That was just masculinity on masculinity. Um, yes, the Super Bowl, not really all that interested. And I'm trying to think of the thing I, it doesn't matter. You know why? You know why I'm just spinning around talking, not even saying anything of impact about the Super Bowl? Is because the big question is still out there. Like, how am I making, how am I engaging Instagram? The only way, right, that I can further my comedy career, I'm not talking about the thing. Anytime people, you hear them talking about things you can tell that they're hardly interested in, you know they're shuffling around and really avoiding their, the dodge. The big dodge is, what are you doing with your goddamn comedy career in San Diego? And the answer is nothing. And I have to own that, and I've been owning that over these podcasts. Um, but what is, what is the significance of that? The significance of that is all this time, energy, effort, I feel like, is uh, not for not, but what the fuck? Also, I love stand-up comedy. I want to do stand-up comedy. It's the reels question as well. It's, it's San Diego, it's the reels, and it's me, the operator, in the middle of the situation. I said I was going to go to a, an open mic on Monday last night. I beat myself to it. I went to one on Saturday night, if you can believe that. A comic in San Diego I, I made a connection with, meaning I sent him a friend request on Facebook and said, hey, do you have an open mic? And he said, yeah. And this was like three weeks ago, and I didn't act upon that and go to any of them. He said, yeah, I have an open mic. And then on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, he sent me a message and said, hey, uh, would love for you to come to the mic on Saturday. And I was like, oh, shit, they're probably going to... You know, this guy has a mic that I haven't gone to for three weeks. I'm contributing to it not being a going concern, if that indeed is the case. So that's how I interpreted this guy reaching out to me. It's not like, I, it wasn't, I'd be flattered to have you at the mic. It was, hey, I need to get any and everybody out to this spot to uh, communicate to the venue that it's a worthwhile endeavor letting comics come in and talk shit and tell jokes. And that it, it shook me from my, my stupor, if you will, of my, my real stupor. I'm, 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 I, I'm, I, I, if I'm going to talk into, if I'm going to show my ass on the internet, I have to figure out a way to do it that feels more authentic than just sitting in a room and reading takes, rehearsing takes and saying them out loud. That does not feel organic to me. I have to figure that out. I have to probably figure out an angle. Today's joke about guitars. Today, you know, like some dumb thing, but I got to make it feel authentic. So while I'm in this, this uh, malaise, this Instagram is the only way because I, there's, there's no seemingly path upward in San Diego other than outward. What should you do? Even if I made it to the top of the San Diego comedy scene, what's the next step? I know exactly what the next step is. The next step is to go to Los Angeles or to go to Chicago or to go to New York or to go to Atlanta. 
I just came from there. You know, I'm not moving. So I have to figure out if I'm going to be a stand-up comic, headlining rooms, which I've done, I can do. It's the greatest thing in the world. How do you do it from you're sitting on your ass? This is really what it comes down to. Because San Diego does not have a rich, nourishing scene, and the parts of it that are rich and nourishing, I am not racing full throat into, full throttle into. I told you, I'm not going to just go hang out at a comedy club, kiss my wife and daughter goodbye. But that's what you have to do, in part. So how did, So the reels thing is looming over my head, right? How do I make reels that feel organic, feel authentic, and put them up? And, and I know people out there are like, hey, man, it's luxury that you can think about. Will you do it? Won't you do it? We have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah, I get it. There's disturbance in the dogs. I got to see if someone's coming through the door. Okay, thank heavens. No one is coming through the door, meaning my wife coming in to make me self-conscious about using the 8 o'clock creative hour to share my perspective and frustration with you <laughs> on, this, on this 13th day of February. My daughter wished me this morning happy Valentine's Day Eve. She's very excited. Uh, and, you know, because... Remember way back when you were young and innocent? It's just a million Valentines from every person in your class. So she's looking forward to that. Picking up where I just left off before I made sure my wife was not coming into eavesdrop. As if she could give a rat's ass what I'm talking about. About reels and being authentic and trying to figure out how, how do you headline comedy clubs... If you're not doing stand-up comedy is really where I am at the moment. And the answer is you don't. Anyway, all of this is, I, I think about when I go to bed and I think about when I wake up. And it was percolate, percol, percolating, percolating Wednesday or Thursday when this guy hit me up and said, hey, I have this mic on Saturday. I'd love if you came through. And really, like I said, what I knew that meant was Please show up, and I, I need everyone that possibly could show up to this thing. That's just how I'm interpreting it, you know, which is what you should do. You should try to get people out to support the damn thing so the venue lets it continue. Also, it's less than 10 minutes away from my house, which is unbelievably convenient. So instead of waiting to Monday to go to a mic, I said, okay, I'm going to go Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl, the night before Taylor Swift. If I advance my, and I'm going to come to the mic, I'm still on the mic here. If I advance my Taylor Swift theory, I, I can see how people might find her annoying. I can see that. And also, you're going to find people annoying that you're inundated with 24-7. That's just the way it works. It's like, enough already. But I have I said that I kind of don't trust, yeah, I, I did, I've said this. I kind of don't trust white women who don't like Taylor Swift. I don't know, uh, because, you know, it's like sort of a betrayal of their sisterhood or something. In the way, yeah, I talked about this, in the way that, you know, I used to think like when girls or women are like, oh, all my friends are boys. And then I realized, oh, that's because uh, other women don't like you because you're doing something to violate the sisterhood. I, it's complex, Taylor Swift. I understand the adulation and I understand why people are like, you know, 
who complains more about the most mainstream lowest common denominator thing being boring as hell than I do, right? That's why I always tell you, Drake sucks. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can't be that good and be liked that by that many people. It's the opposite. You have to have, you have to be mediocre or not mediocre. All right, I'm out of my lane here talking about Taylor Swift. God bless America. I knew that the guy, or I figured the guy wanted support. So uh, Friday night, we went out to dinner and then went to the, this is, what, this is us. This is us on a Friday night with no stand-up comedy. We go out to dinner to this place that is near us that is not very good, is very expensive, but has a great atmosphere. Like it's a French restaurant with candles, real live candles burning on the bar and the table and it's dark. And it, it's, it's a cool environment that we take my daughter to periodically. That's where we went on Friday. Remember, the food is not that good. The service is not that good and it's very expensive, but the atmosphere is, is really nice. And I like that and it's enough. And so afterward, when I said to my wife, I don't really like the food and it's really expensive. And she's like, you say that every time, let's never go again. And I was like, do I really say it every time? I don't, but I like going there. It's worth, I should just shut the fuck up is what I should do. Keep your opinions to yourself. So Friday night, went out to this dinner, lovely experience. Uh, well, they also have, you know what, they make my wife a nice martini that she likes. Uh, that's what she likes. She's just, she likes to drink. The food is okay. And then we go to this playground right across the street afterward, and my daughter is swinging on the swings. We're all swinging. We have a great time. Friday night, Saturday, whole day, soccer, everything. And I told my wife, Saturday night, I'm going out. I'm going to go to a mic. And she was like, wow. And she's she's not dumb. She's She's obviously, she's, I mean... She married me. She can see that I'm sitting here with my thumb in my ass and nothing's happening. And she's probably like, what is this guy doing? And it's, it's, it's a good question. She hasn't asked me. I mean, she's other than saying, like, you're going to have to do it yourself. Like, you're going to have to get your own room. You're going to have to affect your own outcomes without relying on any system is what she's really saying. And then she's like, and, you know, go to L.A. Like, Really? You want to you wanna do that? <laughs> There's less time up there. So it would be actually interesting cause she, to get her on the podcast, which I won't, but it would be interesting to get her perspective because she's probably like, well, what is the deal, dude? I mean, you were at least at a certain level in Atlanta and had options, and now you're sitting, like I said, with your thumb firmly lodged in there. So when I told her I was going to do a mic on Saturday night, it wasn't like, oh, you mean we're not going to hang out? I was like, oh, cool, great. That's fun or exciting or something. And, you know, trying to st she's trying to stay way more positive than I am. And after bath and shower and dinner on Saturday night, books, of course. Uh, the big books in rotation right now. As my daughter says, I'm growing out of Peppa Pig, who has dominated our lives for the last two years. She says she's growing out of Peppa Pig, but right now, very popular, Fancy Nancy, who is very fancy. Ooh la la. Amelia Bedelia, 
who takes everything literally. So if she says, you know, someone says she's under the weather, like, oh my gosh, I, I never was on top of it. And now I'm underneath the weather and it's on top of me like a blanket. Takes everything very literally. And then there's one more who goes, one more uh, girl who goes in that group, Pinkalicious, who has, also has a wild imagination and, you know, envisions taking uh, dragons camping and um, unicorns to school. So those are the, in, in rotation, after we read, I put her to bed. I say, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to this, this open mic down the road and it's in a hookah lounge. So, you know, it's not going to start on time. <laughs> That's just how it goes in a hookah lounge. Uh, and I went and you'd be surprised, older people. There are a lot of people out at 9, 10, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, just like you used to be. They're still out there. So I got to the hookah bar, hookah lounge. This place is not a lounge, let's be honest. I mean, it might be in name. It's a lounge. I mean, and there were comics there. There were a few comics, and they said there's no way the show is going to start. At, it's supposed, supposed to start at 9 o'clock. No way it's going to start at 9. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, of course, there's nobody in here. But they were, they, the way they were talking about it, it was like they were expecting an audience. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is about. It's not clear what this place sells. He has a cooler of Sprite. There's like a Sprite in there, a bottle of water, a stray ginger ale. It's not stocked in all the labels facing forward. And then there is a, what looks like uh, a glass display case where you might see um, vape pens for sale or like head shop, like a, a pretty historic looking glass case, display case where you might buy cheap jewelry or, or in the middle of the mall, that kind of thing, were a bunch of like Frito-Lay products from nine years ago thrown about. And and the guy who owns the place said, can I get you something? And I said, yeah, what do you have? He's like, oh, because all I could see is like two cans of Sprite or whatever it is and, and some stale pretzels. And he goes, well, we have we have beer uh, and maybe Jim Beam and some vodka. <laughs> I was like, okay, somewhere that exists. And I said, you know what? And I, by the way, when I RSVP'd or RSVP told the guy, that I was going to go to the mic. I said, yes, I will be there on Saturday. I was in that doldrums of feeling like crap for not having anything going on comedically. and But minding myself, reminding myself not to be too hypocritical about that. like, Or making sure I'm not being hypocritical. Like, dude, you're not doing anything. You're not supporting any mics. You know, I did my part to support um, Border X or Barrio X Brewing until they um, stopped their mic. So I was mindful of, like, I want to go support, not just with my presence, but with my money. So I told the guy when I uh, confirmed, I'm like, I'll be there and I will spend at least 20 bucks. That's what I told him. So when the man came to me on Saturday night and said, 
uh, what are you going to have? What can I get for you? And ran me down this weird list of like, like my wife describes Aldi as kind of having access to whatever. Uh, Aldi, Aldi sells like whatever stolen truck, the goods from whatever stolen truck they had access to. Just some random, it's like, we do have potatoes and bananas and mops this week. This guy kind of had the same vibe going on. So I said, I'll have a beer. And then his, here's what he said. I said, I'll have a beer. And here's how the transaction went down. He picked up the credit card machine, Swiper, uh, asked for my credit card, and then um, showed me a total that said twelve ninety six, and then swiped the card. <laughs> didn't ask what kind of beer, didn't tell me any type of beer. Uh, just that was the first move is let me get your card and let me swipe it. And I didn't immediately, I did immediately think my credit card has just been skimmed and now will be used somewhere else uh, in a different hemisphere. That was my immediate thought. Why? Because <laughs> cause you might have had that thought too. And you knew who else had that thought that their credit card was being skimmed and potentially used around the world is the people sitting in the crowd because I mentioned it to them and they laughed. And then they thought, wow, is this racist? Is this okay to laugh at? And the answer is probably both. But that's what I said. That was what I thought. He swiped the card, 1296. And this, by the way, does not have the vibe of a place whose beers are $13. Just want to be upfront about that. I give him the card back, or he gives me the card back, and then he goes, what did you want again? And I said, uh, beer is what you just charged me for. <laughs> and pardon me for sniffling. I'm, I'm still one week out of my cold, but I'm, I'm back. I went jog, I went running Sunday, the day of the Super Bowl, I ran four miles. Yesterday, Monday, did not, I did not. But on Super Bowl Sunday, I ran four miles, and I'm going to run more. Uh, later today. Swipes the card. Then says, what did you have again? What did you want? And I said, a beer. What kind do you have? And then he said, Modelo. We have a Pacifico. And when he says, like, I have a Pacifico, what I'm thinking is not we're stocked with Pacifico. But the way he says it is we have up, like, there's one left over from a party we had a few weeks ago. And then he said something else, and then, I, and then he said Heineken, and I said, I'll have a Heineken. And then he went and got the Heineken and brought it back, and he popped the top off of it, and the top fell onto the ground, and no one did anything about that. He didn't, I didn't, and the one other person standing there. Guess what? The Heineken, which, you know, it wouldn't have been far-fetched to imagine that there was a keg of beer somewhere in this guy's backyard, and he bottled beers and resold them as Heineken's and Pacificos. I don't want to be too judgmental about the vibe of the business, but that wouldn't have been out of the question. The Heineken was delicious and believe it or not, icy cold. So we're off to off to the 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 uh off to a great start inside this place. I had I had it, I left it there so somebody could roofie it. I went around outside, walked around the block. By the way, this guy also was cool because I said, can I take this out front? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely, which I don't think you can do that in San Diego, take a bottle of uh, a glass bottle of beer outside. But 
so I went outside, I guess. But I didn't leave my beer inside. Walk, who cares, dude? I walked around the block, looked at, you know, people outside trying to get people. Essentially, it's a hookah lounge that charges no admission. And, but there are guys outside barking. And, you know, it's cute. That's disrespectful. It's cool that they're doing that, like you do in a big city. Like, hey, comedy show, come on in free comedy, that sort of thing. They're standing outside the hookah lounge trying to get people in. And well, actually, as a matter of fact, when I first walked up, a guy was bark, barked me and he goes, hey, want to come see comedy? It's not good. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to try to contribute to that if I may and, and pull it down even further. But the show might have started around 9.15 and when the show finally started, the open mic show that is, there were, I don't know, 10 or 12 civilians in there. A couple of them were with one of the comics, but four, six, 10, 12 civilians watching an open mic in a hookah lounge on a Saturday night. That was a smashing success and more came in as the, as the thing went on. So they're 10, 12, whatever I said, right before the show starts, the host comes up. He's like, you're Joe. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, you're wherever I signed up, fourth or fifth. And I said, by the way, I'm happy to go first because not in that space. I'm like, this is, I left the house thinking this is going to suck. I'm going to a miserable mic at a hookah lounge and I just want to go show my, dude, because I told the guy I would go is what I wanted to spend my $20 and then race home, uh, just to be back home. Why? We could, I don't know. Because I guess I wanted to hang out with my wife or I don't want to, I don't know. Because I didn't have high hopes is what it was. Because I was being a baby. But the guy told me, fourth or fifth, I said, yeah, no problem. Happy to go early if you want. And I, he, he said, yeah, okay, no. <laughs> but here's where you're going. And the host got up. And at the beginning, I was prepared for San Diego hosting, which is the host gets up there and says, uh, all right, everybody, show's about to start. Are you ready for your first comic? They don't warm up the crowd, by my estimation. But this guy did. He was a, he was a real one. He was a full comic hosting. He did 10 minutes. He stood up there. He talked he told a couple bits. He was He's a funny dude who's not a great stand-up comic yet, but he's funny and likable and told a few jokes, got a few laughs, did the job, prepared the crowd, warmed up the crowd might be a stretch, but, you know, it's the crowd was ready to go. They, he did his job, which is very professional of him. He talks a little bit to them, not, you know provocatively or too aggressively and and not at length he just you know got in and out and did his thing and I, I was very impressed he and he stayed in in the gig he didn't well that didn't work that was terrible he just he did the job he talked to them he I mean you know he did his bits and then let the first guy up and it turned out the first guy that was, which I really appreciate, it was it was solid hosting. He did exactly what you're supposed to do. He took bullets for everybody. He, you know, I'm gonna talk, crowd, you're gonna respond. Get into that habit, build that expectation, and he did that. Then the first comic who came up, turned out was the guy sitting in front with like three or four other people, and as soon as he was done, they all left. <laughs> like they didn't even. 
I leave after Mike's, but I always at least, and you don't have to, there's no rule, but I always at least wait for one more person after me. I feel like when you're starting out as a brand new comic, you think everybody who leaves a mic is a dick. Like, how come they're not staying? I was here for their set. And you're right, but that's just not how it works. Over time, you just leave because usually you have other things to do because you realize you're just there for yourself rather than supporting the scene like you might have been earlier in your endeavor. You want, you're more mindful of that. You want to be supporting the scene because you know why? You don't know how to do stand-up comedy. I guess that's part of it. But I, I, I usually try to make sure that if I'm on a show, if I'm wherever, do it, uh, a mic, wait for at least one more person to go before I just fucking deuces everybody. I, I got from this place what I needed and fuck you guys. This guy did not do that. He and his entourage left immediately. <laughs> and that's fine. They were, you know, there were some gray hairs out there. And then I went up. I got bumped by somebody else who I think might actually run the show. So yeah, the guy who, e who who messaged me on Facebook, I think I got bumped by him. No worries. And that, then when I went up, I have not been up in, I asked my wife, have I been up in 2024? I don't know that I have. That's a long, that's an eternity. And it's, it's so depressing to stop and think about it. Um, so I did old stuff that should work. You know, and it did. And I had fun. And then I weaved in a few new things. And the way that the mic worked was, the guy said at the beginning, every comic gets five minutes. I think every comic gets five minutes. But if they're, they're cooking, he'll give them seven. And if they're still cooking at seven, he'll give them nine, nine minutes. And uh, which is cool, right? I get it. Like you're bombing, like get off the stage. You're having a good time. Like, like that's... You know, that's a good attribute of a mic. He's cooking, let him go. And, you know, he didn't pull me off after five or seven. And finally, at like 10, I was like, did you light me? He's like, no. And then as soon as, of course, I said that, he lighted me. I was just trying to be polite. And I had fun and people laughed and it's it's the best. And it made me almost like, was like uh, falling into the arms of an old lover. I don't know. I, I gotta. I don't think this one is going to get out quite on time. Um, because Spotify, changed Spotify eviscerated its own sp um, podcast building capabilities, and I have no quarrel with Spotify, who is who who facilitates my podcast being heard. Because I don't pay them for anything, nor have I ever. And I really should get, I, I should have zero expectations. But that's why, well, I'm, so I'm going to race to put this up right now here, like 30, 35 minutes. I'm going to put it up. It's not going to have Brent's introduction on it, which I have to figure out how to get that back on because that's a file. And then the podcast that I'm recording right now is a file. But Spotify has gutted its infrastructure so you can only put up one file at a time. Okay, that's what I understand. In any case, I got to figure this out because comedy, as I've said every, I say every time, it's the best and it's the most fun. And as I've talked about, it's where I feel like I am being most myself. 
that and playing music, which is a whole other conversation. Anyway, I'll have more to update on this. I appreciate you listening today, and we'll talk to you on Friday.